0: You're listening to the British English Podcast, a show that helps English learners around the world discover British culture along with useful language that natives are actually using day to day with me, your host, Charlie Baxter. In this episode, we're going to explore cultural stereotypes, particularly that of us British people. I chose such a topic for this episode as a result of talking with hundreds, perhaps even thousands of students over the last couple of years, maybe even five years, from all different cultures. It's, it's been a fascinating, ongoing conversation with people from anywhere, from Italy, from Brazil, Russia, Germany. I've had some Kazakhstanis in my time. I currently have a Haitian from Haiti. Uh, Turkey, Azerbaijan, I didn't even know of Azerbaijan before I had met someone and taught them Uh, and then Chile of course, I've lived in Chile, Uh, Ukraine, I haven't lived in Ukraine, Peru, Colombia and a fair few Koreans and we've often landed on the topic of stereotypes and their assumptions of the British people. And it's something that has always interested me to hear, what they think of us. And I can tell you, I've heard quite a variety of things. I've heard a Russian guy call us the gay capital of the world, whereas a Brazilian woman once mentioned how seriously we take life. I also remember being complimented on our wit and humour when I lived in Chile, and then was regarded as nothing more than a waste of space when taste-testing pasta with a group of Italians. So today I wanted to see about two things. One, are the Brits self-aware? And two, what do other English-speaking cultures think of the Brits? And instead of telling you just my individual perspective, I thought I should broaden the net and bring my circle of acquaintances, friends and family in on this adventure. So stay tuned to the British English Podcast. Now I'm going to get a handful of British people's honest opinions on what they think people would assume of British stereotypes. But before I do that, I want you to take a moment and think for yourself. What do you assume of us Brits? Are we... are we rude? Or are we friendly? Are we... are we polite? Are we cold? Are we efficient? Or are we emotive? Mm, Do we have lots of emotions? Are we aware of our emotions? Are we sophisticated or are we just plain stupid? And have a think, what's your gut reaction to this? So I got in touch with some Brits who were born and raised in England. Here's Brit number one.
1: My name is Amy, I'm 30 years old and I'm from a county called Surrey in England and I also work as a fashion designer.
0: And here is Brit number two. Apologies for his terrible audio at the beginning. Hi, guys. Uh, My name's Al. I live in southwest London, uh, just near Clapham Junction. I'm a musician and guitar teacher. Um, Got my own band. Very nice. And before Al asks if you want his autograph, we will introduce Brit number three, who didn't actually introduce herself, so I will do it uh, for her. Hello, my name is Steph, and I'm working in London as an account manager for the Paralympics, but I'm originally from a small village in Surrey, and I have the same birthday as Charlie. (laughs) And that was clearly Steph's voice there. And now on to the final Brit. Hi, I'm Ben. Um, I'm originally
1: from Surrey, but now live in Newcastle in the northeast of England. So I've moved a
2: bit further north than where I'm originally from.
0: So now on to the opinions. What do they think people outside of the UK think of the Brits? Here we go. What do I think other people or other nationalities think of British people? All right, so I think there are a couple of different obvious stereotypes that people think about when they think about British people. I think there's the posh, well-mannered, politely spoken Hugh Grant character-style Brit.
1: I definitely think other cultures think that we drink a lot of tea all the time, uh, especially a good old builder's brew, nice and strong. Oh, also that we're massive fans of the royal family or that we've met or that we they think that we know the Queen.
2: Um, and I think people might think that I frequently have afternoon tea, that I go have been to Buckingham Palace, hang out in the Ritz and go to Harrods have met the queen and the rest of the royal family
1: down south people perceive um, people from the uk as maybe not being as friendly okay whereas in the northeast um, particularly in newcastle everyone thinks that geordies or people
0: from newcastle are very very friendly indeed Um, i also think perhaps when we're abroad
1: um, there's this idea that perhaps we don't necessarily make as much effort as we could do to learn the language Maybe that people think it rains every day in the UK, which it definitely doesn't, but maybe they also think we have nothing to talk about other than the weather. You've
0: got the stereotype about, like, boost up Brits abroad, football hooligans, binge drinking culture.
2: I think we can be grouped together as sort of the classic Brits abroad, particularly my age, where we go on hen-dos and stag-dos, take over cities um, and leave lots of mess and bottles lying around after wild parties.
0: As a teacher, um, I think... We also see um, the way that people perceive
1: kind of our education system as being quite a good one Um, in terms of GCSEs and A-levels. People want to get an English education um, and that's got a lot of kind of merits to that. Definitely associate us with the good pub, probably watching football or rugby or some pompous sport. Another thing which I definitely think that people think about Brits is when they think of the UK they just think of England when actually (laughs) it's got three more countries in it. I'd like to think that English people are quite well thought of in general.
0: Okay, an interesting collection of British stereotypes there. We had the extremes of posh people like the English gentleman that Hugh Grant has played so very well and then the loutish behaviour of the drunken Englishman who flies off to a warmer climate in hope of getting a tan and a bird but in actual fact ends up looking like a lobster and probably pays 100 euros for a lap dance in a grotty strip club that is just a stereotype i'm exaggerating and not my personal experience oh and amy mentioned pompous sports lovely word there which is a disapproving word meaning too serious and not relaxed enough so a pompous sport in some people's opinions might be cricket or croquet or maybe even bowls bowls yes. bowls is a very pompous sport Now tea drinking was mentioned a couple of times which for me was to be expected as was the mentioning of the Queen and people assuming we know her well which sadly not many of us do. And then Ben pointed out the North-South divide which not many of my students are so aware of but we'll see, we'll see if English speakers from other countries have noted that as there really is a big cultural difference between the North and the South, which I could easily do a whole episode on if you wish, so let me know. I also enjoyed the inclusion of the lazy language learners that we are. But again, a very interesting topic that we could delve into in the future. And the last one I'll remind you of was the weather The weather, apparently always raining, yes. And while most Brits who are still residing in the British Isles will defend this as simply incorrect uh, nonsense, I have gone to great lengths to avoid the British weather for the last seven years of my life and am much happier for it. So I'll leave that stereotype there as I am clearly very biased. All right, time to find out what people think of us I asked an Australian who goes by the name of Lyndon. and he would describe himself
3: as a retired teacher in fact.
0: I also asked a South African friend to introduce himself to you.
3: My name is Tim. Um, I'm a 66 year old man, uh, single, a bachelor, gay and I work for a trustee company in Sydney. As a senior trust manager.
0: And that was Tim, the South African. I also wanted to get an American's perspective.
4: My name is Katie, and I'm an American.
0: And I also asked if Katie has experienced anything more than American culture in her life.
4: I've traveled quite a bit in my life, both personally and for work. So I've spent a lot of time with different, in different countries, experiencing different cultures. I've worked in fashion my whole career, so that's brought a lot of Brits into my life. In fact, some of my very best friends are English. So yeah, I've been fortunate enough to spend quite a bit of time in the UK and, and gotten to know the British people fairly well.
0: Okay, so I think Katie qualifies to answer some cultural anthropology-based questions. I'm excited to hear her opinion. And lastly, we have a New Zealand citizen as
2: well. My name is Paul. I'm from New Zealand. I'm a fierce, single-citizen New Zealander, but I've lived in Australia for virtually all my life.
0: So let's get straight to it and hear what these guys think of the Brits.
3: From my experience, the British people are very polite, almost effusively polite and apologetic. The word sorry is used a lot, even if there's nothing to be sorry about. And something I've noticed is, especially in shopkeepers or people who are serving the public, almost an obsequiousness, uh, a sort of um, rubbing together of hands and bending forwards uh, in a, a somewhat servile manner. Um, I'm not the only person to notice this, and, and it gives me a chuckle uh, when I'm in a, a department store in Surrey, for instance, and I see staff members behaving in this way.
0: Oh, I say, what a big word there from Don. Uh, he used the noun form of the adjective obsequious, which I will break down and give you more examples of usage in the academy over on the britishenglishpodcast.com but to simplify it quickly to better understand Linden's point of view it means very eager to praise or obey someone. Now let's hear from Tim the South African.
3: Well, you know, when I think of Britain, British people I always think of of their cuisine and how interesting it is that their greatest contribution to international cuisine is the pommes frites is the chip. And I think that just about sums up the British people for me. (laughs) Are you having a go at the pomfret? (laughs) We, Oui. Yes, I am. Okay, so what else do I think of of England? I think of uh, Margaret Thatcher, who I liked and disliked at the same time. Mm -hmm. I liked her because she was rather, in some ways, Mm -hmm. such a... Motherly figure, Yeah. but very a, stern. But a bit on the stern showing together alongside yeah. yes, that yes, mother. Yes. Well, we were very far from her, of course. You see, we were in a different
2: countries. So
3: uh, I could look upon her a little bit more generously, perhaps, yes. than than the British people could. Maybe a stern aunt Yes, it's a little like that. It's it, 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 it's more like a mother actually, because um, you know, in the colonies, we um, always regard England as, as the mother country so she was she and the queen I suppose yeah although there's another stern one you know yeah um, but, but really aside from the cuisine and Margaret Thatcher I think of um, the Monty Python team and what a wonderful contribution to to art particularly comedy yes and the Brit- Britain has, has um, given the world and here's another thing I, I remember Oh my goodness, about 20 years ago I took a train trip from London I think it was London to near Heathrow Airport it wasn't exactly in mid-London to Portsmouth uh-huh. and the train travelled through the country and it was the first time I'd ever seen the countryside of England and I marveled at it I thought it it was the place where surely everybody would want to live it's pretty spectacular. Oh, man. The sheep just seemed so, ha- so much happier and fatter <laughs> than in South Africa, where they were a bit scrawny and yeah, a little bit more robust. Yeah. the cows just looked happier, and the grass was so green, and not like in Australia or South Africa, where it's a little, little on the yellow side. Yeah. So um, that experience... And, and then I think uh, the other lovely experience was um, at this station... I went and make a f- made a phone call to a friend of mine to tell them that I was getting on the train and they could expect to receive me at some such a time in Portsmouth. Yeah. And um, I went into one of those red telephone booths oh, yeah. and left my my wallet, my ticket, everything in there and went back to the to the bench where I was waiting for the train. And then the train arrived at the station and as it arrived... It, Three young men came running around, running along the station, saying, "Is anybody lost?" Oh And I thought, "I love England for that." Oh yeah! And there was one more thing: when I when I got off the plane at Heathrow Airport, and I got through the customs, I was a little bit lost because I'd never been there on my own before, and I didn't know where to go. I was all of you know twenty-five years old or something, and um, this female policeman, a woman of a certain age, she would have been. Oh man, she would have been probably about 65 came up to me and said can I help you sir you look as though you're very lost or distressed or something and and I just thought this is my place this is where I want to live (laughs) despite the pomfret.
0: So that was Tim the South African who fell in love with England thanks to the kind-hearted strangers he encountered on his trip. And now let's move on to Katie, the American's opinion of the Brits.
4: If I had to choose a few words to describe the Brits, I would say warm, charming, and witty. I think the Brits as a whole have this self-deprecating kind of viewpoint of themselves while simultaneously having so much pride in their country and their culture And I think that combined makes for a really welcoming presence. They tend to be pretty witty. The British sense of humor is definitely a wonderful thing. And they're pretty sarcastic, which I personally love. They love their tea and their soccer or their football And, yeah, I think any time I've ever been in the UK, people are so welcoming, so warm, and just up for a laugh, really. So, yeah, I think the Brits are pretty charming. And, you know, the accent, it's not bad either.
0: It seems to me that Katie is pretty fond of the Brits. But uh, before I summarize all of these thoughts, let's hear from Paul, the New Zealander who has actually been living in Australia so long that he's approaching this interview as more of an Australian citizen than a New Zealander. We
2: uh, naturally feel really close to British people. So is it almost like whatever we are, you're kind of... That? Yeah, yeah. In a, in a sense, our culture, our language, our laws, yeah. our system of government, okay. uh, come from England, uh, from Britain, yeah. uh, and we're very proud of that. You know, and we think it basically, uh, you know, that it, it is the best system in the world for for those kind of things. Okay. Um, however, there is uh, a bit of resentment uh, because. Not now, but until fairly recently, even when I was young, uh, say 50 years ago, um, Britain still had some quite strong power over Australia. Ah. Uh, For example, the highest court of the land in Australia, the ultimate appeal was to the British Privy Council. Um, And not the High Court of Australia, which it is now. Um, There is increasingly resentment amongst non-monarchists, and that is uh, the majority of Australians these days, that our head of state is the Queen. Right.
0: Head of state, not
2: Prime Minister. No, not Prime Minister. Head of state, uh, officially. And it's not just a figurehead. It actually has some kind of subtle um, powers. There, there are other hangovers like um, the class system. Australia is very egalitarian. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, we by and large reject entirely the British class system and we see the British people... Uh, we see that play out in 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 Britain as a whole, but also with with people. you know you you can tend to read um, characteristics of the, the British class system uh, in individuals and in Australian individuals. In, no no, in British individuals. Okay. yeah um, and they are by and large, Will certainly nowhere near as strong traits in Australia. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is something we kind of reject about Britain. It's 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 a rejection thing. Um, okay. So there's a
0: stereotype from of Britain or the UK from outside of the class system. Yes,
2: yeah, so of the class system. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. We we see we see Britain as very much a, a class separated uh, country and we reject that.
0: Right. There we go. Those were all four guests' opinions. I hope you enjoyed them. So it sounds like the Australian and New Zealander Lyndon and Paul see the UK as having a very strong class-based system and culture. And Lyndon also mentioned how polite we are. We say our P's and Q's, our pleases and thank yous. Or perhaps... How overly polite we are. So maybe it's a, a bad thing that we're that polite. Who knows? What do you think? Let me know. What do you think about the Brits? Are we too polite? Well, uh, the South African Tim also went on to mention the wonderful countryside and the kindness of the people he met. But mocked us at our attempts to add value to the world's cuisine with the not-so-interesting chip. Which I, I think is... It's actually a staple, a staple being a a basic food that is necessary to be enjoyed. A chip, oh, it's a magical, magical um, part of a dish. You know, what would you do without chips with a burger or fish or all those other dishes that I can't think of right now? The chip is a great thing. Anyway, so he, he mocked us for our attempt to add value to the world's cuisine. And then he actually complimented us, for our contributions towards comedy, that um, that was also highlighted by Katie, who went on to compliment the Brits for being warm and witty. Yes, quick with their humour, and she also mentioned that the Brits have an ability to use self-deprecation. She used the adjective form self-deprecating, which I encourage you to use, and uh, this means you can you can laugh at your flaws or your mistakes and show your modest side. If you, if you have one. This is a style of humour which I've seen being particularly well used by British celebrities in television interviews. And then at the end, Katie mentioned the British accent, which um, is is renowned for being pleasing to an American's ear. So in comparison to the assumed stereotypes that the British people came up with earlier, it sounds like the class-based system was mentioned indirectly, by the British people, in the fact that we are either assumed to be that, you know, uh, that posh Hugh Grant or, or Prince Charles type gentleman that speaks a little bit like this, or the uh, rough and ready council house, common labourer, uh, have it, son, have it. So, yes, to conclude on the class-based system... The UK is probably far from an egalitarian culture like Australia prides itself on being, but my suspicion is that we don't like to admit that it influences us or has an impact on on who we are. Perhaps because of the fact that if you are one type of person, then you can't be the other, can you? To be labelled is to be restricting, and uh, personally speaking, I am often labelled as slightly posh, but I tend to resist that and, and wish that I was accepted as someone with a more neutral positioning. I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night or anything, but you know, if if the world was perfect... And then I've had some experiences with people who are more associated with the working class type of socioeconomic status. And I see that uh, very often they have a chip on their shoulder, meaning they are bothered by something when class is ever mentioned. So it might be that the working class citizen uh, resists being working class and the the more um, posh or middle class, if you like, citizen nowadays might resist that as well so we're both trying to resist it but that's that's my take i could be very wrong on that and it's a lot more complicated than that of course so i might look into that in more detail if you wish me to i'll certainly put more content on the academy for that topic but looking at the assumed stereotypes the british uh, people mentioned none of the non-brits mentioned tea drinking nor the meeting of the Queen, or spending most Saturdays at the Ritz or Harrods. Nor did they mention the North or South divide. In fact, the majority of assumed stereotypes weren't thought of. That's not to say that they wouldn't be by other people if I asked many more, but there we go. So, hopefully you found it interesting hearing what the Brits think they are represented as to the wider world, and then what some native English speakers from different countries think of the British culture. So thank you for stopping by today. Hopefully see you over on the BritishEnglishPodcast.com. But if not, I will see you next time here on the British English Podcast. My name's Charlie Baxter and thank you very much for listening.